Hey, this is Kurt Angle, the greatest wrestler of all time and Olympic gold medalist. And you're listening to the amazing, awesome, incredible Wrestle In Podcast. Oh, it's true. It's damn true. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Ohio, konnichiwa, konbanwa, and welcome to Ace Techers. We are Wrestling's New Japan-focused podcast. You'll hear nothing but New Japan Pro Wrestling from me, Kieran RH, SP3, Sonal, and maybe NK. We're, we're really not sure what's going on with NK. He, he's hopefully going to arrive, but he's running a bit late. Um, we're going to work our way backwards to forwards. We've got a lot to talk about the past two weeks in New Japan. Seems like it was a long time ago now, but it was only a week ago that... We are living in the Sonata era, and I don't know about you, but the birds have been chirping, the sun has been shining. <laughs> uh, I had five guys today, and it tasted all that much sweeter. Sonata is the IWGP World Heavyweight Champion, guys. I mean, you said that, but literally I was on Instagram this morning and saw that Kanemaru and Sonata actually posted a picture in front of the five guys' shop. I just think we are in a new era. We have got um, a big title match coming up that's... We're sort of seeing now like a new era in New Japan and I hope they keep at it with Sonata sort of making this change and I'm all for it. Like we have waited so long. I think they did it in the right way, at the right place, at the right time. Gato, don't fail us from now on. Keep going with this momentum. I think it's the most shocking uh, heavyweight title change since Switchblade Jay White defeated Hiroshi Tanahashi. You think, think this is you? You wouldn't say what about evil beating Naito? We don't Double talk champion. about that. We yeah, we I, I, that is like that, that. You know, they did the men in black. They put the pen in front of my <laughs> face and made that erase from my head. But to be honest with you, once he turned uh, the night before the title change, I kind of saw the title change happening, yeah. uh, coming. But as like to the minute, to the minute when he hits Deadfall on on Okada. Like going in, you know, we did our predictions on the last show. I said I wanted, I thought Sonata should win or should, should go to time limit draw, but I did not believe Sonata was going to win until the three count was made. And that's how the last time I felt like that was when Switchblade Jay White beat Tanahashi for the championship. But I think that Sonata is even more shocking than Jay yeah. White. I feel like Jay White had this momentum. He was the top heel Gaijin even then. But Sonata, it was almost like, He's not been doing much. This change, he like moving factions, a huge image change is not necessarily certain for a big title, like especially as IWGP heavyweight. So I feel like this might be the most shocking because, like you said, Evil, there was sort of a maybe a lead up. Jay, I think everyone expected. Sonata, it was a bit like, wow, they have finally done it. Yeah, the Sonata one certainly hits different as well because he's not a young lion. He's not come through the system. You know, you kind of pay your dues as a young lion. You stick around. You're going to get something eventually. It might not be the top title, but you're certainly going to earn, earn something. And obviously, Sonata, yeah, starting on all Japan and everything. And, you know, he's busting out the Shining Wizard in the match, which is fucking endlessly cool. Um, but let's let's work our way from... We, we had to get that in because, we, we the, you know, the, the outpouring of love as well like i've not seen anything bad from new japan fans like maybe people that haven't really stuck with new japan over the years maybe uh, moved on to different pastures but it's been awesome but yeah the first show of the night was a six-man tag match very bizarre teamings um poor toriano pulls the team with great <laughs> okan and minoru suzuki but picking up the win over hiroshi tanahashi el desperado and yo um in a wild bizarre opening six-man tag match for such a big show um Six. 
it kind of felt like uh, if if I'm an old school wrestling fan, so I remember 1995 Survivor Series when WWF did the wild card and it had all the heels with the baby faces and stuff mm-hmm. like that. It felt like random like that. And I, I liked it for the story of putting Yano as the main character of a six-man tag. He was absolutely the main character. And then in the second match, you had United Empire, Jeff Cobb, Aaron Hanare, and Francesco Akira defeating House of Torture, Evil, Yujiro Takashi, and Sho. The highlight of this being the end, Jeff Cobb doing tour of the islands, even though he had a raging dick on his back. Um, it was a tremendous spot. To, the, the, he, he, it's just insane how he comes up with just these different impressive variations of the same shit. Like, he's a genius. He's a creative genius. Can we also praise the fact that that match did not go on long? Eight minutes and one second, in and out. Yeah. Um, the less house torture, the better. And then we had LIJ, Tetsuya Naito, Shingo Takagi, and Bushi losing to three of Just Five Guys, Taichi, Yoshinobu, Kanemaru, and Doki, um, continuing the Just Five Guys versus LIJ feud. And, Can I just uh, say, like, with that match, it's not like a big one in a long scheme, except I think the end. But my God, Just Five Guys are so over. Naito getting booed? Because he's beating up Doki? Who'd have thought that would have happened a few years ago? It's like, as well, the end of the match, Doki refusing to let go of the Doki Choki, the Italian stretch. Um, and now we're getting a Doki Naito singles match, which is the the wildest fucking thing, which we'll touch on when we get to our previews. Um, and now the, the card really kicks up a gear. We get a six-man tag match. Tamatonga, Hikaleo, and Master Watto losing to David Finley, Kenta, and El Fantasmo. But, of course, it's the post-match that's the talking point. Heartbreaking, Niso. Um El Fantasmo, you know, not wanting to see Tamatonga get beat down. He's got a bit of respect for Tamatonga coming in to make the save from David Finley, and he gets attacked by David Finley. And then Kenta's like, chill out, chill out, chill out. And then Kenta hits El Fantasmo with a go to sleep. And then they've got him trapped. Finley's ready to hit him with the shillelagh. And who comes to save the David? Taiji Ishimori, Bullet Club's cutest tag team. Taiji Ishimori coming to save the day. And then he broke El Fantasmo's heart by kicking him in the balls. Um, it's like the the Simpsons bit, isn't it? Where like he's rewinding, Bart Simpson's rewinds the tape of Ralph Wiggum, and he's like, "Oh, you can pinpoint the moment his heart breaks." Um, <laughs> oh man, it, it it was done very well. Uh, it was very sad, the Ishimori bit, but yeah, El Fantasmo, ex excommunicado from Bullet Club, guys. I think this has been the perfect. Like sometimes heel changes and babyface changes a bit random but this i liked because it has been continuous slow burning we've seen similarly i think with when tamatonga um and tanga lower went babyface as well we've seen there was less cheating in the ring Mm -hmm. he was interacting with the fans the post-match comments even like something going back to jay white's and the whole fact of like he wanted to give this respectful ending to jay Everything was small, but pieced together meant that this wasn't like a, this makes no sense. What is going on? It's more of a, right, this is the right place in the right time. It's heartbreaking, but this storyline has worked. Yeah, yeah, and it's kind of, they, they have told this story very well throughout, you know, 
first with the the matchup between Tomatonga and and El Fantasmo, where he could have cheated in that matchup, if you remember. And then he puts down the the title and he wants to win it the right way and he loses in the end. And then with everything with that happened with Jay White and David Finley, and I think like through the New Japan Cup, the two main stories has been the Sonata, you know, evolution, and it's been El Fantasmo kind of getting away from the Bullet Club, and now the Bullet Club basically booting him out because they see he's he's more oh he's almost more over than the whole group now. When they're beating down on Tamazanga and Hikaleo, they're not cheering for another babyface to come out. They're cheering. They're cheering ELP, ELP, ELP. So yeah. That's a really interesting point, SP3. Up until that point, was El Fantasmo the most popular member of Bullet Club? I, I think he so. was. Because yeah. it's like the way he was interacting with the fans and the small things. And just that El Fantasmo generally is a really, I won't say likable when he was a heel, but someone that captured your attention. He was charismatic in the ring mm. and everything. And I just feel like after everything going on with like Jay leaving and stuff, and we've, we've said this time and time again, the Bullet Club has become oversaturated. It's all become a bit of the same cheaty cheaty. El Fantasma was almost like that little shining beacon of like sunshine in a very dark faction. I think the interesting point now is where does he land? Like, you know, is the United Empire bound, Hontai, Chaos? Um, there's no obvious fit for him. I would say United Empire is probably the most obvious, but they the last thing they need to be doing is adding more members. They're LIJ, adding members maybe? for fun. See, I like the LIJ Me connection. Too. I think that would really work, but I just don't know that, <laughs> to put it bluntly, a white guy in LIJ just seems very weird. But they have they got Titan, didn't they, as the first non-Japanese full-time member? Yeah. And again, uh, said this, ELP to rejoin his daddy Shingo. It, it makes That's sense. A good point. And it's a, like I said, with the whole stories that they told in the New Japan Cup, who did ELP lose in the New Japan Cup to? Tensuya Naito. So it's kind of him mirroring the Sonata arc of Sonata beat Taichi to join just five guys, Naito beat El Fantasmo for El Fantasmo to eventually join LIJ. Yeah, I'm totally for El Fantasmo and LIJ. It's going to be interesting. I don't think uh, El Fantasmo is on the next tour. Uh, the Dontaku tour at the moment because obviously he hasn't got a place to call home he doesn't have a group but maybe he shows up at the end he maybe he challenges someone um it's going to be interesting to see we've got a story to tell with El Fantasmo now uh fifth match on the card Sakura Genesis IWGP Women's Championship Mercedes Monet retaining against Azumi and Hazuki uh almost 14 minutes they they just went balls to the wall from from the get-go um this felt like a showcase for Azumi almost. She was certainly the star yeah. leaving this match, wasn't she? I, I would say Hazuki. Hazuki was the one that I just was like enamored with. I loved her match with Saya Kamatani earlier this year at a, a Triangle Derby Championship battle. Mm -hmm. But this match right here, like I know Azumi, 20 years old. She's going to be the best in the world in like the next five years. I know Mercedes Monet, one of the best American women's wrestlers out there in the world. But Hazuki was kind of the unknown and kind of the yeah. outlier with all of this. And I really feel that she raised her stock in this matchup. Like the fans were behind both her and Azumi throughout this one. Uh, and this how fast they are. Where yeah. Mercedes kept up with them for the most part. But there was a, a distinct uh, you know, difference when it was just Hazuki. 
Hazuki and Azumi in the ring compared to when Mercedes was in there with them. But she, uh, being out of the ring for nearly a year, and this is your second match, and you have to keep up with the high-speed hierarchy of uh, stardom, it was a great matchup. And honestly, it's my favorite women's three-way that I've ever seen in wrestling. Yeah, I'd be hard-pushed to name any good women's three-ways, quite frankly. Um and yeah, I feel like it was a stardom match for and through. It had its little mishaps, like things didn't weren't necessarily as seamless as they would have been if it was just Azumi versus Suzuki or Azumi versus someone else in a stardom ring. But it's stuff you'd only really know, is, I suppose, if you were a stardom fan, if you was watching Azumi on the regular, if you was watching Hazuki versus Sai Kamatani to know these things. If you went into this as just a pure New Japan fan, hadn't seen stardom much, didn't know anything about Azumi and Hazuki, you must have left with your, your mind blown a little bit and been so yeah. impressed with this one. I mean, I, you know, that I've been a, a critic of Mercedes Monet since she started, but yeah, for I've not really watched stardom, but yeah, she kept up. There were a few mishaps, but God. So every time I watch the Stardom wrestlers, I am in so much shock at just how amazing they are. This match was, it wasn't too long. It was a really nice length. But the amount of action that they packed in it, I was like, they showed up and they showed off in the best way possible. Yeah, uh, Mercedes winning with the moneymaker. But post-match, Mayu Iwatani was ringside, enters the ring. And as we knew, the winner of this match would be facing Mayu Iwatani at uh, All-Star Grand Queendom. Um, happening on Sunday, the next Sunday. What's that? Sunday twenty third. Um, yeah, yes, Sunday twenty third. Uh, Maya Ritani getting in the ring. Mercedes getting the last laugh, slapping Maya around the face, leaving with the belt. Um, and let's go on a little side tangent here. We have got to talk about this match. It's New Japan parallel. It's related. We're not going off too much topic here. Talking about Stardom Show. Um, but Mercedes has really been busting her, kind of like putting in the work to build this feud, like. You know, the press conference with Mayu and then she showed up at the Cinderella finals on uh, yeah. Saturday and attacked Mayu again. Like she's she's stuck in Japan for these past two weeks. Um, You know, she, she's she's loving life over there. She put on Instagram, didn't she? Like, does anyone know yeah. a realtor in Japan? <laughs> um, but God damn, this is the match that stardom fans, as soon as it was said that Mercedes might become a new Japan, might become a stardom. This is the match that everyone on the fucking planet wanted. Yeah. And I love the fact that this is a match that didn't need a build. It didn't really need a build at all. And they have built it up with the interaction at Sakura Genesis, the press conference where my God's Mercedes Monet. And there's a difference between Mercedes Monet and Sasha Banks. I get offended when people call her Sasha Banks right now because <laughs> she has fully become an American Japanese villain. Like the whole bit that she did with the Mayu sucks, Mayu sucks, Mayu sucks. <laughs> And just and just a laugh. Oh, you you didn't beat Kyrie, but who did me? <laughs> it was I felt like I was watching a Pokemon villain. Like it was, <laughs> it was great. It was just so great how she interacted with Mayu and then laying her out in the press conference and then the surprise at Cinderella final. That was just awesome. And the crowd, you know, with the with the gas when she took when she loves her wig reveals. If you know one thing about Missy, <laughs> she loves those wig reveals. It's really Really not needed i pretty much figured it with you <laughs> so the wig reveal was awesome but it, i love how she has fully embraced being a pokemon level villain it's awesome it is tremendous as well and like i'm just so excited for this fucking match like the card is stacked like julia tamlacano in the main event is fucking terrifying yes. what those two women are gonna do um you know you're getting sai kamatani versus mina shirakawa after obviously the injury that happened to mina 
um, and her cutting the promo with a busted face. But yeah, this is it's so exciting because so this is going to be the most Western eyes on Mayu Otani ever. You you would assume, right? And a whole a whole bunch of people are going to be bear witness to arguably the greatest Joshi wrestler of all time, and certainly one of the best wrestlers of all time in Mayu Otani. I'm so pumped for this show, and it's got English commentary courtesy of Chris Charlton yes. as well, new, a, a person we all know very well. Um, but yeah, we 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 had to talk about that. It's it, it's looking fucking tremendous. Uh, back to Sakura Genesis, Zack Sabre Jr. defending the NJPW World TV Championship against Shota Umino. Zack Sabre Jr. surviving Shota Umino, escaping with his title in hand, right? He didn't have to retire or lose his jacket. <laughs> no, win, win, win. That's three wins. <laughs> Can we just talk about the the pre the pre match interview? With <laughs> Jr. Like I'm, I'm gonna be serious. I'm gonna be. Oh, it's okay. <laughs> hey, 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 hey Judah, here's my jacket. You I want my jacket, like, little boy? And I've said this so many times. Zach has to be one of the best speakers, the best promo guys yes. in New Japan. In the world. A of a doubt. He's, I, do you know what? I, I, we're, we're, of course, we're going to talk about Capital Collision as well, but his match versus Tom Lawler. I, they, they, if, if, there's not a standout wrestler of the year so far, right? There's not one person that you really like you know last year will osprey was off to the races mm-hmm. straight away had wrestle kingdom yeah. against okada was it or and then you know he it wasn't okada that was 15 i don't remember what 16 was what who did so no, 16 was it was okada it was, was it the title yeah and then he had was was the non-title match and then 16 was oh the yes title yes match. and then like you know he had the five-star match with michael oku and he was very quickly off to the races with Ospreay yeah. this year i don't think anyone's making a very big claim to it but i would say Zack saber jr like five six defenses of the njpw world title now a great run in new japan cup and stuff like he isn't missing and this match was would you say this is shota rumino's best match in a new japan ring so far by far like i think maybe the 15 minutes helped in the sense that i think shota's been struggling to find his style and what he's doing but the 15 minutes meant that he had to push himself he couldn't couldn't experiment with things he had to change it up quickly adapt to zach's style because we know zach well we thought Zach probably flourished with longer matches obviously targeting body parts but this title has proved that he is just as lethal in the shorter ones and it pushed shota to his limit all he needs to do is change up his look because in the first match i mistook tanahashi for shota stressing <laughs> me out <laughs> But yeah, it was definitely like Shota had the match in the palm of his hands and Zack Sabre Jr. last second pulls out a Zack pin like only he can and he he kept the title and it was very much to experience the veteranness of Zack Sabre Jr. overcoming the youthful enthusiasm of Shota Rumino. Um, but yeah, he, he made Shota look more dangerous and better than he has yet before. And the near fall on the Death Rider was one of the best yes. near falls of the year so far. Like that had me, I was convinced. I was like, oh, Shooter's going to win. And then he kicks out. I was like, okay, I don't want Zack Sabre Jr. to lose this title. I feel emotionally invested yes. in Zack keeping this title because I totally agree with you. I feel I feel mad at myself that I was asked the best wrestlers and I named five wrestlers and I didn't put Zack Sabre Jr. in that five wrestler because he deserves to because every one of these TV title defenses has been different and it's kind of like 
turned on his head the expectations, like with the Tomohiro Ishii matchup, when we thought Ishii was going to be the usual, Zach tries to make him hit him so hard so he gets tired and gets him into the techers, and then it was Ishii doing techers in that matchup. Then with him and Clark Connors, it was Clark Connors' speed and his, uh, you know, youthful exuberance versus him. And then with Shooter, it was just him really making Shooter feel like the biggest challenge to this title. So mm-hmm. it's been different, different type of matches, but every single match has delivered in its own way. And this one was another great matchup. Should, should we should we say that um, Zach Sabre Jr. retains the title the entire year and Wrestle Kingdom next year, main event, 15 minutes for the New Japan Television title? <laughs> I love it. I'm with it. I'm I'm all in on a long Zack Sabre Jr. title reign, please. Uh, IWGP Tag Team Championships in the next match. Changing hands as Aussie Open defeat Bishamon to win the gold with Carl Fletcher fucking crashing and burning with that moonsault and busting his head open, but carrying on like a soldier to get the win. This was 15 minutes. I don't think there was a single headlock. Like, was there a single submission? Yeah. Like, it was just non-stop like you know i'm i suppose your purists might get a bit upset because there was really like the, the tags kind of went out the window there was you know for hard, long portions of the match everyone was just in the ring beating a shot of each other but this fucking was awesome one of my I mean, favorite tag team matches of the year so far like that it was the emotion and the drama that came into it after kyle fletcher does the moonsault yes. and hits his head on the guardrail and you're like worried about him and he just comes back looking like a war a war victim coming mm-hmm. back with the a rap head the, empire, the the only time the empire have ever got involved is to tape up kyle fletcher's head within seconds it <laughs> was, was it was brutal but it added so much uh I, I we said it last time or at least i did i would have been fine either way because bishamon deserve a healthy reign mm-hmm. um they've really elevated this tag team see this tag team scene the last few years but aussie open it's been a long time coming uh you know people have known them it, from before new japan and they was meant to be in new japan like a year or two prior to when they actually finally got there so you know they're on top of the fucking wrestling world do you think because i because you guys know that i'm like obsessed with bishamon and i love aussie open do you think now we're going to see Bishamon focus on singles? We've got obviously. I feel like there's not really much, but now that they've done it, they've had the titles. Are they going to start going their separate ways, or are they going to stay within the tag division? I don't think so, and we'll talk about you know Capital Collision. I think that the the singles match with Ishii and Desperado before the show, I was thinking that this is going to set up on uh, Bishamon and Ishii going back after. Uh, the the six man tag team titles, the never open weight six man tag team titles, because they are the greatest never open weight six man tag team champions that New Japan has ever had. I could see them going back into that. But Bishimon, man, they have totally changed. They have changed me. They have convinced me that they are in the running for one of the best tag teams in the world. Because this match, along with their matchup against Love and Rain, the dream team of Tadahashi and Okada, are two of the top three best tag team matches of the year so far so Bishamon deserves to still be a mainstay in the tag team division or even the six-man tag team division yeah wholeheartedly agree and also the g1's coming up as well so they will be in that as single competitors obviously don't think anyone's expecting either of them to win uh but they'll be <laughs> they'll be singles for a month at least and then in the semi-main event iwgp junior heavyweight championship hiromu takashi successfully defending against robbie eagles after robbie done his tried his damn hardest to rip off hiromu's leg uh, with a bevy of submissions, um, Hiromu hobbling around the ring for the large majority of this match. But 
keeping the title all the same Hiromu did so that's what defense number three for Hiromu and he's yeah. he's after he's after the record that's what he keeps on saying he wants to break the most most defenses in a single reign can I just say this Robbie Eagles but since he debuted in New Japan he's never really found an identity in a place Bullet Club didn't work chaos didn't work the mighty don't kneel is perfect he doesn't have to be a baby face he doesn't have to be a heel because let's face it like Zach is the same people love him yeah but he's not a baby face Robbie thrived in this match I think I read somewhere and I think I said this when I spoke with sp3 on true heel here people said it wasn't maybe one of Hiromu's best matches but it was one of Robbie's because yeah we saw him utilize his submission skills that he's so good at like when he was on the outside and he had Hiromu in the submission in the gates I just hope because I feel I love Robbie Eagles his last title reign was like it was all right but I feel like it wasn't really much this I feel like with the mighty don't kneel around him like Zach was out there supporting him I feel like this is what Robbie needs he needs a proper family and we've said chaos really isn't that no chaos has no personality no character there's no how would you describe chaos you wouldn't you say you know tmdk a bunch of cheeky geezers aren't they uh you know united empire really tight-knit crew from all over the world and all this stuff you know bullet club obviously the dickheads of the the show um yeah chaos has no identity uh and it, it's really down to the characters and i think you know again we'll talk about capital collision but it helps clark connors now what happened is that he's going to be able to have an identity and a character that he didn't have before um but yeah the main event then iwgp world heavyweight championship sonada defeating kazuchika okada 27 minutes we spoke about how happy we are that sonada won but how about the match itself because it was tremendous it was fucking great and you just didn't know which way it was going to go. It, it really, there was no clear winner. And the snap deadfall finish, like SP3 said, cherry on top. It was so good. It was like the perfect finish for that type of matchup because uh, I felt like they they tur they turned the expectations on its head because we've been seeing with this you know douchebag Okada over the last couple of months that when he starts on his rally of the Anoki kick, the Cobra Flosion, it's a rainmaker and it's pretty much over after that unless he decides to pick you up if your name's Kiyomiya and give you another <laughs> rainmaker but this right here every time he would look for you know either the landslide or the cobra flosion Sonata would put him in skull end and he would be like selling it like oh, I don't know if I could hit it and then he would finally hit it like it just had that drama to it and kept you like wondering how it's gonna happen what's gonna happen and every time he went for the rainmaker Sonata found another way to either block it or reverse it he hit the rainmaker at one point yep. I love the callbacks to the different things like him hitting the TKO early which is the same move he hit on uh on Okada when he debuted seven years earlier I love the double moonsault the two moonsaults that he beat Okada the only time he ever beat him in the G1 back in 2019 I love all those callbacks it was great storytelling uh, just an overall uh, you know superb in-ring work and then the outstanding finish it was everything that I want from a New Japan main event and I would say just as far as back to back to back to back to back matches those five straight title matches on Sakura Genesis is the best run New Japan has had in a major show since before the pandemic I don't remember since like probably Wrestle Kingdom 12 or 13 them having a run of matches that were just excellent excellent and just got better every single matchup 
That's a really fucking great point. Yeah, you go the IWGP Women's Championship and JPW World TV Championship, IWGP Tag, Junior Heavyweight, and then Heavyweight, World Heavyweight, all in a row. Yeah, that's a great shout from SP3 there. So with Sonata's title reign, let's talk about this a little bit. Because how far do we think this reign goes? Because he's got the defense against Hiromu that we're going to preview. I think that's a... He's got one in the bag there. Mm -hmm. Uh, Does he drop it as soon as Dominion? Because otherwise, he's heading into the G1 as champion, potentially. How Are we not expecting a long reign for Sonada, despite how good it feels? SP3. So when, when I saw the SPC, SP3 seems to think it's going to be a short reign because a certain rainmaker will get it back. I'm just saying. That would, be, the... that would, that would be so upsetting. That would be so <laughs> good. That's got data written all over it. That's but, not... Yeah, no, that'd, be like, that'd be like getting a Christmas present, but then like a month later, they come and like whoever gave it to you come and takes it back. Okay, so so this is why I said this. is because look at the LIJ template. This is the template that Jigato has given us since 2016. Naito wins the championship at Invasion Attack in 2016. How long did his reign last? Two months. He lost it at Dominion to Okada. Oh, evil in 2020. He wins it at Dominion two months later at MetLife Stadium. He loses to Naito. And I think that Sonata is going down that same path. I would not like it to go back to Okada. Honestly, after, you know, Capital Collision and the tag team matchup they did, and especially with Hiromu being the first challenger, I would love for this to be the way to put the title on Naito. I think that would create more interesting story elements and keep Sonata in that run in the main event scene if it's Naito that beats him and gets his win back from the New Japan Cup. But I don't see Sonata being the IWGP World Heavyweight Champion coming out of Dominion. I think Dominion is time's up. They, this is what they do with they, this is really what they do with new champions if they're introducing a new champion because switchblade jay white he wins it at new beginning two months later g1 supercar he lost the title they give them like two months to test the waters see how it is see if they can draw and then they put it on someone else who is an established talent whether that's naito whether that's okada whether that's tadahashi that's what the New Japan does. So I'm just going by my Gato being scarred by Gato <laughs> whole my life of watching New Japan. He is going to do this. And Sonata is not walking out of Dominion with this championship. But the thing is, I think it'll be based on... Because we've said this, evil, not popular. Um, I feel like Jay, maybe not... The whole world is for Sonata. Can, can Gato not mess it up and just give the people what they want? Well, look, I, the thing is as well, 99% of the time, whoever goes into the G1 is going to be champion come Wrestle Kingdom because obviously you set up the winner of the G1 is going to face the champion. So you've got it set in stone then. You know what your headline main event of Wrestle Kingdom is going to be. So I was just curious then. It's like, you know, they never really have the title change in the second half of the year because of that. The G1 obviously takes place in August and then the build to Wrestle Kingdom is kind of the starting point. So <laughs> here's one for you. When do you think the last time was that the title changed after a G1 and before Wrestle Kingdom? Because it, it was a it was a long I, time ago. If I'm not mistaken, it was when Tadahashi beat AJ Styles. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, I that that is it, it's it's a well known one. But the fact is, date wise, it happened seven no six nine years ago, 2014. Wow. So AJ Styles won the title in May and lost it to Tanahashi in October. That's the last time the championship 
changed hands mm-hmm. after G1 Climax. I so, feel like that's the only thing that I can accept. And like SP3 said, if that happens, it has to be to Naito. I feel like I'd need Naito to win the G1. But I feel like I'd want him to do... Who was it who did it who said... Was it Zach said that if he won the G1, he was going to cash in his opportunity at Royal Quest? He wanted Quest. to do a Royal Quest, yeah. So I'd want... So I guess we could either have Naito pinning in a match and not winning, or we could have Naito basically be Naito and go... If he wins the G1, go right. I want my title shot now because he obviously is this thing of re- Wrestle Kingdom, and he'd probably he'd want to go in to Wrestle Kingdom as champion, and that could be the story there. It's, it's I'd, I'd like to see a Sonata G1 run as the champion. I'm I'm kind of all for that. I think he will step up to the plate. I think he'll put on really good matches, especially with this whole new moves he's, he's introduced new moves and they're very cool and the new finishes great deadfall when he's got the moon salt add to the drama he could maybe beat the lower guys with that still um yeah it's just it's kind of upsetting that sp3 is probably very correct and that we're not getting past dominion or maybe forbidden door maybe forbidden door yeah we're not too. getting past that with sonata being the champion and this it's a bit upsetting it's a bit heartbreaking man it, it's bittersweet I wish I wasn't, I wish I wouldn't be right, but I just, it's just that feeling that I had that right after Sonata won, and I was just like, this is not lasting long, is it? I should just cherish this. Is it like, by some weird reason, Gato was like, right, we're going to give Sonata a really long one of this. He listens to this podcast and True Heel Heat, and he goes, right, let's scrap this. We're going to take SP3s, and we're going to take off Sonata. So, well, that's good. So we know now if Sonata drops the title by G1, it's all SP3 fault, basically. So send your, send your hate to SP3 at True Hill SP3 on Twitter. I'm pretty sure that's it, right? Yes. Yes. Nailed that it. is correct. Nailed it. Um, okay, so that was Cycle Genesis. Now we jump to Washington, D.C., Capital Collision. Uh, let's talk this show. Kickoff match, Badu Tito and Shane Hayes defeat in West Coast Wrecking Crew. Then the first match of the card officially, big 10-man tag match. DKC, Clark Connors, Leo Rush, Rocky Romero, and Chuck Taylor losing to Kevin Knight, Gabriel Kidd, Mike Bailey, Volador Jr., and Kushida. Kevin Knight busting out that dropkick, but in spectacular fashion this time, man. That was such a great fucking spot. Kushida had uh, DKC on his shoulders on the edge of the apron. Kevin Knight clearing the top rope by a country mile and dropkicking DKC onto the pile of wrestlers awaiting him was a very cool moment. But again, talking point is post-match. Clark Connors annoyed that uh they lost the match and attacking dkc very out of character attacking his fellow fellow la dojo uh teammate um but it paid off in the next match because uh david finley defeats ar fox and then invites uh invites clark connors into bullet club but the match itself sp3 i think you as a fan of this one right uh, david finley yeah. versus ar fox yeah i enjoyed i enjoyed this one uh finley i mean ar fox is like always shows off his athleticism for a guy that has been in the business for i believe two decades he is still so athletic from like the first time that i ever saw him and he loves showing it off and he had a nice little comeback in this matchup david finley he he is who he is at this point and i i love the aggression that he's shown since his heel turn so i thought they had a nice little matchup here but as soon as clark connor's turned 
on uh, DKC, I was like, okay, so is he the new member of the Bullet Club? Uh-huh. I kind of, I kind of saw it coming because you know David Finley, the, and they were even talking about it on the pre-show ahead of Capital Collision. They were talking about how David Finley has promised a new member of the Bullet Club, someone that's going to replace El Fantasmo. So as soon as Clark Connors did that, I was like, okay, this works. This makes sense because Clark Connors looks like David Finley's little brother anyway. So this just makes a lot of sense to me. <laughs> oh well, I don't know how happy Eva Man will be to hear that comparison. <laughs> But what what what's the shirt gonna look like? Is it gonna be Wild Club or Rhino Club or what? What do we think? I mean, can we just say I feel bad for Taguchi? That's another, <laughs> that's another partner that's gone. Sonal, the only person that was thinking about Taguchi in that moment. He's scarred. Like... He's scarred by Bullet Club. He loses all his partners to Bullet Club. <laughs> the other thing I feel like, because I've always said that, like I have issues with oversaturation in Bullet Club. But like I'm not angry about Clark Connors because I feel like Clark Connors, Connors is a babyface. As sad as I am for Taguchi, the whole gimmick with the Rhino thing that they had a Super Junior Tag League, I think, sort of didn't give Clark Connors justice for just how good he is. Yeah. And Clark Connors, hopefully he stays as a junior. He goes in and he takes this David Finley route of yes, he is a heel. But he does good wrestling and he is a proper performer and there's none of the gimmicks or the cheating. And then I feel like Taguchi will be happy if that's the case. He'll be like, right, I've lost a partner. But you know what? He's still staying with his roots. I think heel Clark Connors should work wonders. Uh, He is a very strong dude, super athletic, looks great. Uh, Him charging around the juniors, like best of super juniors, we're getting the announcement shortly. He's going to be a strong contender to win that now, I think. Um, and he should put on re- really good matches. Because, yeah, I think the problem is with lots, with all the LA Dojo guys, aside from Ren Narita, uh, none of the original guys, they've not been given anything to work with. They've not been given any substance. It's just you're going to team up with Hontai or you're going to team up with Chaos and you're kind of happy-go-lucky. Like, you know, now Clark Collins can make a character. He's got a group that call his own and everything. And I like that, that we're finally getting something for, like, someone is finally fitting into somewhere else rather than just saying, oh, we're LA Dojo, which it kind of is a group, kind of isn't a group. We're going to also team up with the good guys just because. Um, and yeah, now we, we're going to get the, the Rhino Club. He has to go Rhino Club. I don't think Wild Club will work. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it, it's going to be interesting. And then, yeah, it's been announced as well. We're recording this Sunday, uh, Sunday before the Philadelphia show. This is going to release after Philadelphia show, so we're probably not going to touch on it much, but he's now facing DKC there as well. Um, Third match on the card, Zack Sabre Jr. defending the NJPW World TV Championship against Tom Lawler. This was defense number five. This was fucking fantastic. This, everything was perfect. Like every transition from the ankle lock, like back and forth, that it was all just perfect. And the roll ups at the end, it just everything came off perfectly. It was so fluid. This was awesome. This might have been, this might be my favorite defense for Zack so far of the title. I would say it's right up there with the EGE match. Like, it was just so fluid. It was a clinic on, you know, technical wrestling, uh, hard-hitting strikes from Tom Waller. Like, it was more of what I expected the EGE match to be. Of mm-hmm. Tom, Tom, you know, Zach inviting the strikes to kind of lull him into a false sense of security, but then getting laid out because of it. And Tom was just putting in the chops, hitting him hard with the kicks, the submission work, how they went back and forth on the mat. It was just a beautiful professional wrestling matchup. And I would say it's a top two all time 
great Tom Lawler match. It's probably the best yeah. match I've ever seen Tom Lawler in. For Zack Sabre Jr., it was another day at the office, and I, I said it on Twitter, I'll say it here. He's my favorite champion in all of professional wrestling. And I get so excited when they say a TV title match is about to happen, and I hear the TMDK theme song, because mm -hmm. I know we're going to see a great match. Five defenses, and every defense has been different, but every defense has been great. Zack Sabre Jr. is one of the best in world yeah whole whole wholeheartedly agree with that as well um i am very much pushing the zack sabre jr best wrestler in the world bandwagon uh but sp3 is our resident singer because every every episode you <laughs> uh, you bust into song like we're part of a musical have you seen what zack sabre jr has named the pin the pinning combination that he won with what does he call it wake me up before you go go Oh, Wait, oh, me really? Before you go, go. <laughs> yeah. I am so happy because if if Zach Sabre Jr.'s finishes, the names weren't good enough. The fact he has now called it that. I'm the thing is, if there is anyone out there who doesn't like Zach Sabre Jr., something is very, very wrong with you. Oh yeah, I fuck fuck them people. Uh, <laughs> I won't should call it uh, special singles match. Tomohiro Ishii defeating El Desperado rematch on the New Japan Cup match a few years ago. Um very hard hitting, very Ishii. This is the this is the Ishii match that SP3 was expecting back against Zack Saber Jr. Exactly. This is this is an Ishii banger. This is his this is his type of matchup, and I love that El Desperado went in there and hung with him. And I love the the psychology of it, the story of it, with him going after the knee and really focusing on the lead to set up for uh, numeral dose. And it was just really strong storytelling throughout. And then Ishii just completely battering this young man with headbutts like how he went into him with that last i think it was like a sliding headbutt and i was just like oh my god why are you trying to take this this man's head off he's already took off his mask plenty of times why are you trying to take his head off too <laughs> uh fifth match on the card fresh roster and juice robinson guide to a 60 minute instant classic it could get more stars than kenny omega and will osprey um no of course not juice robinson attacking fred rosser uh, as Fred Rosser made his entrance, uh, pile driver on the stage, uh, a fistful of quarters, and Juice Robinson very calmly telling Fred Rosser, keep my wife's fucking name out of your fucking mouth. It's literally exactly what Will Smith said, right? Yes, yes, it's <laughs> This was the best presentation of Juice Robinson I've ever seen. Juice Robinson. Since he debuted in New Japan. Ever, yes, ever, because he debuted in AEW, New Japan, wherever. This is the best presentation of him because really when he when he does promos, and especially I do a review for AEW Dynamite, and every week my, my friend that I do the review with says Juice Robinson feels like a Wish.com, a dollar store version of Macho Man Randy Savage. But this was him fully embracing the crazed, jealous husband role. Of, of what Macho Man Randy Savage was for much of his heel time in his career. He was the jealous husband for someone looking at or be having fancy for Elizabeth. And he did that to Fred Rosser for saying Tony Storm's name, for having the chair set up. He was just vicious. He pulls out the quarters out of his pocket, nails him with the left hand from God, and then drops the Will Smith line. I was like, man. Juice Robinson might be my MVP for this entire show, and he didn't even have a damn match. I was about to say, he was on screen for all the three minutes. <laughs> That's how it's fucking done. But I, mean, in... we're no, I know we're going to talk about it later, but like the, the the way we've just spoken about Juice Robinson and the fact that, obviously, he is now Bullet Club Gold with Jay, and he is Jay's 
firm ally. I don't know how I feel about this. We're, we're definitely going to dive into that. There will be some AEW talk on today's episode of Ace Techers. But speaking of Juice Robinson, New Japan Today released, uh, as I said, recorded on Sunday, April 16th. The Juice Robinson is suspended, uh, and suspended effective immediately and until further notice, which means he I loses mean, his spot in the IWGP US Heavyweight Tournament, uh, IWGP US Heavyweight Championship Tournament as well. Can we just um, say that there is now millions of New Japan fans crying because Juice Robinson is no longer in that match? I mean, like, this could end. This could have aged very poorly because Juice Robinson could just rock up still all the same at Philadelphia <laughs> tonight. We're we're unaware. We're we're, we're playing with time travel here, and we're not going to do very well. Uh, well to, be, to be fair, this this just sounds like Tony Khan doesn't want his his signed guy to lose to checks notes. Another one of his signed guys. <laughs> like, what are we doing? Why? So it's now Fred Rosser versus Lance Archer. The winner of that will go on to face the winner of Tanahashi versus Will Ospreay, uh, at which point that match will be at Dominion. And the winner of one of those four men, Fred Rosser, Lance Archer, Hiroshi Tanahashi, or Will Ospreay, will face Kenny Omega for the IWGP US Heavyweight Championship. They haven't said where, but the poster is very Forbidden Door-esque. There's yes. Forbidden Door colors mm-hmm. and stuff. I think it's pretty fucking obvious. Um, so one of these four men will be challenging Kenny Omega for the IWGP US Heavyweight Championship. Fantasy time. Obviously, we all want Will Ospreay. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Let's do... Yeah. We get Japan. Tokyo Dome, Will Ospreay and Kenny Omega, they both call it their second home. We do Canada, Forbidden Door, Kenny Omega's actual home. All and in then we, There we fucking go. All in in London, we get round three. Will Ospreay, Kenny Omega, give it to me. Let me say I was in the Tokyo Dome and Wembley Stadium for two out of those three matches. Now, if that doesn't make, like, I get, like, Forbidden Door, but if that does not main event, Wembley Stadium, because, you know what, Will Ospreay, UK boy, from London as well, oh, Essex. I, like Essex. it just, it needs to happen. I think on True Hill Heat we discussed something with um, Aussie Open as well. Aussie Open need to have a really big match at that event as well because obviously in the UK they're huge. Get, we will wait. I will wait. I will wait until August to get that match because Osprey needs to do it in Wembley. He needs to win, and that will be the biggest pop that ever has happened. I mean, let's stick with this because, yeah, AEW have announced they're doing all in in London, Wembley Stadium. Uh, there's a million podcasts talking about the size, the scale and everything like that. We let, Let's just have a bit of fun with this because I will definitely be going. I live in London. NK lives in London. He, he, I'm sure he'll be going as well with some of the wrestling's crew. Sonal, will you be coming down to London for Wembley Stadium? At first, I was like, I, I don't know because it's expensive going down south. But then stuff kept happening. Jay White joined AEW. <laughs> then this whole thing with Osprey in the US title. And I feel like it's just the world saying, Sonal, if you don't go back down to London, because that's where I went to uni, then you then you might not see Jay White for a very long time. So I feel like I've just got to go. I've, I have to. I'll 100% be there. It's, it's a million miles away, but, you know, they've got a... It's difficult because it's very hypocritical for me to say that a Will Ospreay should be on this card or a Zack Sabre Jr. should be on this card. It's an mm-hmm. AEW show. But it will be so upsetting if, like, we don't get an Osprey on this card because in the past however many years, 10 years, I'd say, like, well, at least eight years or so, he's no one's flown the British flag for professional wrestling more than Will Ospreay. Yes. You know, Zack Sabre Jr. is very proudly British as well, of course. But, you know, Osprey will wait, literally have the flag. Best of Super Juniors, he grabbed the flag when he won. Um, he makes a, such a, a big deal of this, such a big part of his 
personality and it would just be upsetting if like he, he if he doesn't get to compete in Wembley Stadium there's there's the likelihood of this ever happening again is slim to none and I, I just, feel like I would, Osprey... I would, I'd be fine with a rumble just just throw we lost around rumble throw Zack Sabre Jr. in the rumble mm-hmm. just do a rumble get lots of faces on the card because Zack Sabre Jr. has no place on an AEW show admittedly but <laughs> I I let the like... man perform in London in Wembley Stadium please even if like Tony Khan AEW don't want it I feel like Coming to the UK, there'd be so many pissed off fans if Osprey was not there on a very big match. Because yes, the we will be excited to see all the AEW talent, but at the end of the day, like Royal Quest, the pop Osprey got. Like every time he is in the UK, whether it's a New Japan show or like Rev Pro or something, and for them not to cap it, like just imagine Osprey's face plastered on that poster as like the main guy. It's, it'd be, be such it'd be such a big deal. I'm very excited for that. Uh, sign up for the pre-sale. We'll definitely be getting my tickets. Um, so, so you Matt... said you said Osprey and Omega, and you know parlaying off of Forbidden Door too. Mm-hmm. I have the booking for Zack Saber Jr. You do Zack Saber Jr. versus Brian Danielson at Forbidden Door two for the TV title. That's the first match that goes to the 15 minute time limit, and you do Saber Jr. versus Danielson two at All In, no time limit. Oh, yeah, that's a great... Sh- mm. Yeah. Who wins the SP3? And just know that your decision will impact the future of Ace... Your your, your future place among Ace Techers. <laughs> Amongst... With three other Brits, your decision is... You're, 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 you're putting me, you know, on a lot. I lived in, in the UK... There is a correct like, answer. This I isn't an, this isn't an like five months. This isn't an opinion answer. There's a factually correct answer to this question. <laughs> Who should win between Zack Sabre Jr. and Brian Danielson? Brian Danielson is my favourite wrestler. <laughs> <laughs> like what are we trying to do to me? Who are you amongst? What hey. is the name of this podcast? Hey, hey, hey! Omega is my second favorite wrestler of all time, and I will say, Osprey beats Omega at Wembley Stadium. But you can't have everything. Um, <laughs> I don't know about Danielson versus Saber Junior. And if they don't do Osprey Omega three at All In, they should do Osprey versus Pack because we never got a finish to their matchup we didn't they had it at rev pro it went to a time limit draw i was there it was a bit of a flat finish admittedly um but capital collision that's our aw tangent for now we'll be back aw fans if you're listening if you're listening to this and you're aw fan you listen to the wrong podcast uh but sonada and yoshinobu kanemaru defeating naito and hiromu sakashi uncle nobu getting the pin over hiromu ahead of their title match uh seventh match on the card kenta retaining the strong openweight championship against eddie edwards uh lots of nova history as we discussed I, and Hicken, i've not watched that um but i know we spoke about kenta do you still stick with the thing that kenta should not be singles and should not be having a title run yep after after that matchup where i was just like there was portions of it where it was going all right when they did their noah tributes with the palm strikes and the chops they were it was going all right and then we got a referee bump and i was just like oh god this is the new kenta this is we we can't get kenta from noah anymore like kenta used to be i I discovered kenta in ring of honor in 2006 and he was one of my favorite wrestlers at that time and it just seems like ever since he went through the hideo tommy portal he has not come out the same it's not the same kenta i'm yeah. crying now i'm really upset now. rest in peace kenta we hardly knew well we did know you well and stuff so that's the problem uh main event uh strong open tag team championships aussie open winning again 
two title wins in the space of a week, defeating Motor City Machine Guns and the Dream Team, Love and Rain, Okada and Tanahashi. Aussie Open, the strong openweight tag team champions and the IWGP tag team champions. And Carl Fletcher eating shit on another fucking moonsault. What is this oh guy up to? Oh my god! I was just like, I, I I loved how they built it up with him being like, "Yeah, I'm crazy. I'm gonna go for it again." <laughs> and then he he eats shit even more. He landed directly rib first on the guardrail. I was like, "Holy crap!" I did not. How did he even get that high to land? Carl yeah. Fletcher is crazy. And to an extent, I'm living for it. But to an extent, I'm like, please, please calm down. The, the Twitter interaction on, I don't know if you guys have seen this, it's fucking gold. Uh, Carl Fletcher tweeting after the match, no more moonsaults, ever. <laughs> Mark Davis responding, I don't know, man, think about it a minute. There's a direct correlation between you eating shit on moonsaults and us winning tag team championships. <laughs> that is true. I like that. <laughs> they're literally the best sibling interactions. It's like, Carl's like, I'm not doing it. And Dunk's like, but if you think about it, it might not be great, but it's re- it's giving us results. Alex Shelley chiming in saying, yeah, I mean, I say keep it. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, that's a, a funny little thing on Twitter today. And Carl Fletcher then responding saying, oh, shit, he has a point. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, this match was, it, it wasn't, I don't think it's going to be in anyone's match of years list, but it was very good. Uh, it had its moments uh, for sure. But, yeah, it's, it's crazy. Aussie Open really on top of the wrestling world right now and they're, they're teasing something with ftr as well the um when you know they defended the iwgb tag team championships on rampage successfully and they had a face-off in a promo picture uh between the aew tag team champions and the iwgb tag team champions so there's there's certainly blood in the water there maybe for forbidden door but you know i can see behind sonal she's got a signed eight by ten of aussie open as well um Sonal, you, you've got to be loving this. We, they're, they're, they're basically British Aussie Open, despite the name. This is what I was saying. I was saying with SP3, like, when we think on True Hill. And I remember when I met Aussie Open for the first time at Royal Quest 2, and, it was, and I said to them, I went, right, since the pandemic, I've watched several wrestling shows. You have been on all of them, and I have seen you more than I have seen my friends. And even before the pandemic, whether it was, like, Tuesday Night Graps, I was watching them. And to see them come so far, because... Everyone knows that they have wanted to go to New Japan for years, but a pandemic and things happen and it took until like last year and they are going global. It's not just here in the UK, they've done Japan, they've done AEW, they've done New Japan in America. And like, I know it's a bit weird because obviously like the age different, like Dunk's older, but I feel like a proud mother watching them going from like the small wrestling rings in the UK, like the Frog and, frog and Bucket. It's tiny. There was probably about 300, like, I can't remember. It was very small shows. And now they're on these big shows getting cheers. And they are they are getting their name out there in the best way. And they deserve it because they are, my mom is, she comes and watches wrestling shows. Whenever she sees Aussie Open in the ring, and it's because of them that she goes, tag matches are my favorite. Because whenever she's gone, <laughs> she's always seen them two in the ring. So basically, if you want to get your mum into wrestling, show them Aussie Open because apparently, you know, it's got Sonal feeling like a proud mum. Sonal's mum actually loves Aussie Open. That's that's the key to getting mothers into wrestling is Aussie Open. I'm sure that's a, a an acclaim they would love as well. Uh, good mum vibes. Yeah, good, <laughs> good mum vibes. For mums. That's, that's the hashtag. Aussie Open for mums. 
think we just got the name for our podcast episode. Good mum vibes. Um, but that's like the pre- the review sort of kind of section of our episode done. We've got Dontaku Tour to preview. We might have to do it a bit quick. Some of us have places to be. But before we get to previewing Dontaku Tour, talking about Hiroki Goto's 20th anniversary and Jay White and AEW and Bullet Club Black and Gold, uh, I want to give the chance for SP3 and Sonal to say where you can find you where you can find their work because Sonal. She just hit 2,000 YouTube subscribers. Yes, with the help of Two Heel He and obviously this podcast, I finally hit 2,000 after the Sakura Genesis show. And I've said this, with Jay White now in AW, I am I might be expanding my horizons. So please Okay, so basically, un- unsubscribe now. She's talking AW. We're, we can only promote New Japan here. Go back, get her un- the, the goal now is to go under 2,000. <laughs> Everyone here is just like, nope, we're going to... No, it will mainly... Go to YouTube, um, subscribe to Sonal's Life. There is so much New Japan going on, and I will touch upon AW now, but like I said, I basically fangirl about the shows. I talk about it, and I love hearing about people's reactions in the comments and stuff. So hit subscribe, join me. I was so excited with 2000. So you know what? Let's go for 2100. Let's do small little goals. And yeah, you can help me in that journey. And at wrestling underscore chat oh, on wrestling. Twitter. Yeah, follow me on Twitter. Well <laughs> while I'm not always as active when I'm working, during shows, you will definitely be spammed by a lot of tweets from me. And SP3 at True Hill, SP3 on Twitter, SP3, obviously True Hill, he fight for overbooked, everything else, SP3, where, where can people find you? What are you up to? Uh, follow me, Twitter machine at True Hill SP3, the True Hill Heat YouTube channel, trying to make our way to uh, 6,000 subscribers over there. We got New yes, Japan. <laughs> Yeah, I'm betting I'm getting there. It's she's, just me. I'm just she's getting, she's getting, she's moving. See, see, this is it. this is this is audio only, so you couldn't see SP3 sticking up both middle fingers as he said that number <laughs> yeah, six thousand. Actually, he helped me get two thousand subscribers just to come on this and say, Well, you know what? I'm nearly like I've got like around six thousand and hey, you know I'm saying I'm saying we're trying, we're trying, we're, we're pushing <laughs> our way. Like, oh yeah, you got two thousand, but we're trying to get six thousand. I'm here crying, like so it's audio. SP3 stuck his middle finger at me. I'm crying. <laughs> <laughs> I'm over here clapping and stuff. What are we talking about here? <laughs> they always, they always try to pin me in an American corner. Um, but yeah, you can find me over there. True Hill Heat YouTube channel, daily content over there. Fightful Overbooked every Tuesday. FMC uh, talking about non wrestling things. So, uh, yes, I love it here on Ace Techers. Even though they put me in the American corner and they, they, they shame me. <laughs> We're uh, rooting for Brian Danielson against Zack Sabre Jr. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully, if you're listening to this, you're already aware of Wrestle In at Wrestle In I double N on Twitter. Uh, give us a follow. Join the Discord. There's lots of fun chat in there. So good community, good vibes only. Uh, good mum vibes as well. Um, you know, follow me on Twitter at Kieran RH93. Check out our Patreon. Uh, there's a I put a teaser up on my Twitter of Noob Japan TV that I recorded with Alex Coglin. Uh, we watched his match with Tom Lawler at Bloodsport 7. Uh, I've got other wrestlers lined up to be coming on that. Um, I will eventually, basically, if I said to Will Ospreay, do you want to do an interview this week? He would say yes. It's just me that needs to pull my finger out of my ass and book the <laughs> studio and all that stuff because uh, I'm a terrible person like that. But yeah, please check out the Patreon, check out the website, follow us on Twitter, all that good stuff. Uh, let's get back into previewing the Dontaku tour because we've probably got to get this in within 20 minutes. Uh, Hiroki Goto, we're only going to focus on the matches of note, but Hiroki Goto is having an event for his 20th anniversary. Uh, the main event is a, is a 
a bit upsetting. Uh, Hiroki Goto teaming with Yoshihashi and Yo to take on evil Yujiro Takashi and Sho. Yeah, well, it's a pretty disappointing match. For 20, that, that's his 20th anniversary match. Hiroki Goto's debut 20th anniversary match. He's taking on House of Torture. This is got uh, Gato written all over it. Yeah. This poor, has... poor Goto. But, you know, 20 years. And he's had a career that any wrestler would kill for on paper, right? Like, like granted, he never won the top title. He never won the heavyweight title. But like three or four New Japan Cup wins, SP3 just can't stop laughing. <laughs> SP3 has lost it. The thing SP3. is, I'm so sad because Goto's one of my favorite wrestlers. Has been since I started watching New Japan. And yes, he's bridesmaid never band, but he consistently puts on good matches. And you're giving him House of Torture for his 20th anniversary. Exactly. It's blasphemy. It's get Gato is literally taken something that could be so pure so beautiful and he's turned it in you know what i bet your house of torch is gonna win as well oh god oh, that would no. <laughs> that would be that would be very goto to be fair so maybe maybe someone's got a point uh that and then on april 27th i closed the tab for i won't lie for go i don't remember what day that was uh april 27th though we've got the dontaku tour road to wrestling dontaku uh, the best of Super Juniors 30 entrance will be announced, but then there's a few matches of note. First being Tetsuya Naito versus Doki, special singles match. Doki Nation, rise up. Match this of is the our year time. Already. Match of the year candidate. This is such a crazy match. Like, how? When was the last time Naito faced a junior? Maybe in the New Japan Cup when they added juniors, but this is wild. They're giving Doki a big fucking moment here. Like, think, I'm so excited for this. Just I think, like, on one sense, Gator Weldon, because Gato is seeing this popularity because remember when Doki first came as a replacement for Desperado and he was the joke? Yep, he, he was shit. He got, I think, two points in the best of Super Juniors. Yeah, like I think he'd be, be Ren Narita and Ren yeah. Narita was a young lion. Exactly. And he was get he wasn't just really doing it. But Doki Mania is is alive and well and has given us this match. I'm very excited for this one. Then the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team Championships on the line. Catch 2-2, looking for defense number five against the Jet Setters. TJP and Francesco Akira defending against Kevin Knight and Kushida. This is... I'm all for Catch 2-2's hold his title forever, but this... I, I just want to see Kevin Knight. I, mm. All the time. Get, let, that, let that man stay in Japan, please. Yeah, I, ho I hope he is one of the names they bring up for the best of the Super Juniors, because oh, man, I would love... Be so fucking good. I would love to see him in there and mixing it up with all the best juniors in the world. So I'm really looking forward to this matchup. I think Catch 2-2 retains because I still believe Leo Rush and Yo are going to be the ones who dethrone them. But I think that this is going to be a great matchup. Yeah, I because I'm the biggest Catch 2-2 fan. I think they're amazing. They're phenomenal. And I want them to keep a really long way. I, I never really thought Yo and Leo Rush could do it, but I, I kind of... I, I want Kanemaru and Doki to win. Because yeah, we all know that Kanemaru is not going to beat Hiromu. As much as we all want it. It's spoilers. Not but um, it's not happening. Yeah, no, I'm all for... I'd love that as well. Because Doki isn't going to be winning the junior heavyweight title anytime soon. Maps, maybe never, which makes me sad. No, he uh, is. He's going to win it at Wrestle Kingdom next year, I've decided. Gato, if you're listening, that's what's happening. That's the dream. Um, but yeah, no, them as tag team champions, I'd be all for that. Especially like Kanemaru's new gear is very awesome. Uh, uh, but then Sonar alluded to it. Main event, IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship, Hiromu defending against Kanemaru, fourth defense. I don't think uh, anyone is expecting Kanemaru to go into best of the Super Juniors as the champion here. Um, Hiromu getting another successful defense. But these guys have sneakily really fucking good matches together. So yeah. this should be cool. 
Yeah, I think the only exception was last year in the Best of the Super Juniors, but that was a very pivotal matchup for Hiromu's Best of Super Juniors because it gave him the injury that set yeah. him up for the rest of the tournament that became yeah. the story with uh, Kanemaru injuring his knee, putting him in the figure four and beating Hiromu. So now he has two wins. He beat him in the Best of Super Juniors, pinned him at Capital Collision, and I love the 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 difference in uh you know america to japan like we've been saying japan is very much into just five guys when they were in america for washington dc a capital collision lij were the baby faces and anytime uh just five guys got any offense they got booed but this is going to be in japan so i expect the crowd to get behind kanamaru but haromo's winning this one to set up for re- the the uh, wrestling duntaku show I think I know I know it's probably not gonna happen, but at some point I want a Kanemaru junior singles title ring. Like I yeah. feel like it needs to happen because obviously we've so in Noah he was the junior and oh. although he shined here as like in the tag, I feel like he, he can still do it because we were saying on True Hill he he's the same age as Tanahashi, but Kanemaru can literally still go at high speed and can be a really strong champion. Yeah, I'd I'd be all for that. I, I imagine at this point in his career, he's probably not expecting that in New Japan. I, I'd be shocked, but you know, as a as a shock win, a quick little run, I, that'd be that'd be something quite fun. And then on April 29th, wrestling Satsuma no Kuni, the main matches we have on this card are the IWGP Tag Team Championships being defended. Uh, Carl Fletcher, Mark Davis defending against TMDK, an all Australian affair. Um, this will right now this will be uh, Aussie Open's second defense but who knows with the fact that they just decided to defend on Rampage a few days after winning the titles but yeah I think we, we get another success we get a successful defense for Aussie Open here right there's no way they drop straight away to CMDK do they no, no, they're, they're going to win this one, uh, you know, pick up those uh, more defenses for this title because I don't know what's going to happen at Forbidden Door but yeah, Aussie Open for the win Do you think we get Aussie Open in the G1? Considering they was in the New Japan Cup and, you know, tag team champions do tend to go in. Dangerous Techers were in and Bishamon were in. I feel like they they kind of have to after the unexpected, like, rise they had in the... Especially um, Dunkzilla, obviously, after his match with Osprey. And then uh, going on and taking his place. I feel like they might, just because G1's always so stacked... They might just pick Dunkzilla. Yeah, maybe. maybe neither. It depends on how they go about it, don't they, with uh, imports and stuff like that. Uh, a few more matches to burn through before we wrap up. Shingo Takagi defending the KOPW title against Taichi again. Uh, they they have a big feud. This match they they defended. Uh, there's been two or three matches already between KOPW between them. Do we I think three? Because they had the the one match where it was the whole bunch of pins. It was like the thirty count. Then there was one where they had to get like a tally of count. And then there was the great lumberjack match. So it's yes. been three. Um. So you know, I could see Taichi perhaps getting the win here. Uh, but you know, that's the main event for wrestling Satsuma no Kuni, and then the end of the tour, wrestling Taku May 3rd. Uh, kickoff match is worth mentioning a young lion consecutive battle match between four young lions, Yuto Nakashima, Ryohei Oiwa, Oscar Lobe, and Bolton Oleg. One of them will be facing the other three in five minute bouts. It has uh, to be Oleg, has to win. Like, is, oh, is... I hope so. So, yeah. the one of the four of them will compete in three five minute matchups against the other men. Should they be able to run the corner and win all three, they will be granted a future title shot at the NJPW World TV Championship. 
I thought you were going to say the world heavyweight title, then I was like... Hang on, hang on, Sonal. It gets better. It gets better. You get a shot at the NJPW World TV Championship, and you get 200,000 yen of yakiniku barbecue, courtesy of CS Asahi. Rich and delicious prices, indeed. Well, I mean, I think I think rather than the title shot, that bloody voucher, I think that's the best thing. That's what you're aiming for. Yeah, no, it'd be really fucking cool to see Bolton Oleg run that and face like Sabre Jr. Um, But... That that's that would certainly be rocking uh, strapping the rocket to him, which is exactly what I want for the man. Uh, and then the important matches of the night: Hikaleo versus Kenta, which will now be for the strong openweight tag, uh, a strong openweight championship. Um, Hikaleo could win this one. I think he right. has to win it because after beating Jay and kicking him out of Japan, he's not really done anything. Yeah, and Kenta's got a. <laughs> yeah, has gone a quick through tire uh, defenses in there. Um, Zack Sabre Jr. versus Jeff Cobb, which we can safely assume will be for the NJPWR TV Championship now. I fear this could be the end of Zack's reign. Yeah, I was gonna say, out of all of the competitors he's had, Jeff Cobb is the one, especially with the Empire, how well they're doing. And I can't, I feel like New Japan can't keep booking him badly. Yeah, it might it's... just be a Jeff Cobb win. This could be the end. I, I'm I'm scared for this one. Uh, seventh match on the card, never overweight six-man championship. Strong style, Renneria, Elder Sparta, and Minoru Suzuki defending against Kazuchika Okada and two teammates to be announced. Uh, be, two... I think it'll be Yo. Yo and someone else. Yo is in the opening match of the card. Yeah, I thought I thought it was oh. going to be Tadahashi and Tomori Ishii because they're not in any other matches Is there any the juniors? Rocky Rocky Romero could surprise everyone and come back to hey, he could he could I, I but I don't SP, know about Tanahashi because he's injured yeah SP3 makes a good point though yeah Tanahashi is off the card in Philadelphia but Tomohiro Ishii and uh, Tanahashi are conspicuously absent from this card so you've got a good point there SP3 um semi-main event never overweight championship Tamatonga looking for the second defense against David Finley this one's very much up in the air, right? You might go for the David Finley Bullet Club getting some gold under their strings, right? It's he, can't, the... he can't lose, can he, Finley, after everything that's happened? Yeah. It, it's the 10-year anniversary. You got to you gotta give it to, to Finley, uh, the, at least the never open weight title. Yeah, that's a very good point. What kind of Bullet Club to shenanigans do we get on this card? There's got to be something, uh, some kind of big moment. And I think you need more than just a title change as well. You need some kind of... Something huge. And then the main event, Sonata looking for the first defense of the IWG World World Heavyweight Championship against Hiromu Takahashi. Uh, match will be good. Hiromu's proven in these moments. He delivers. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see their, their styles clashing. But a safe defense for Sonata at the very least. He gets one under his belt. Yeah, I love the story, though, because with the Capital Collision, the story was very clear of Naito never really cares about anything. <laughs> but when people leave LIJ, he just seems so nonchalant about it because he's the juxtaposition to Hiromu, who takes everything so personally. It takes it like he feels so betrayed. He felt betrayed when Evil left. Now he feels betrayed that Sonata left, and he has this personal vendetta against Sonata. That's why he interrupted his title celebration because he left lij and he's getting success and hiromu would never do that he would never betray his brothers in lij so it feels like a brother has left the family gone out on his own started a whole new family so but hiromu won't stand for that yep hiromu like when evil left again nice very nonchalant and he had that big guttural scream in the middle of the ring that got turned to a bit of a meme um, yeah, Hiromu is certainly the most emotional member of uh, LIJ, that's for sure. But John Taku Tall looks good. It's all kind of split up. But yeah, there's a lot to look forward to. And best of the Super Juniors 
entrance. Cannot wait for that. I also feel like with that whole thing, it's like we say with Hiromu's um, emotion. It's so true. Bushi, I don't think, said anything. Uh, Naito didn't. Shingo only seemed upset because it was Taichi who did it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Hiromu took it personally. Hiromu was like, ah. but Shingo was just like, I think if Sonata had gone to the Empire, to Bullet Club, he wouldn't have cared. But the fact that it was Taichi who did it, he's not happy. Shingo's like, oh, what's wrong with me? Like, he was like, you know, Taichi had the pick of the girl at the prom or whatever and he picked Sonata instead. And Shingo's like, oh, what's wrong with me? Did I not curl my hair nicely enough or something? Um, poor, sh poor Shingo. Um, a couple of other things to touch on before we wrap up. Of course, I have to speak about Katsuyori Shibata in Ring of Honor. Um, the tag match with Alex Coglin finally teaming up with an LA Dojo student. It was awesome against the workhorsemen. Uh, so refusing for a long time to break up the submission that Alex Coglin was in because he's, he's, he's training this guy. You should be able to get out of this. Get, fucking what you're doing. Get off your back. Um, eventually coming in to break up the him. pin, but him. also kicking Alex. Like, I shouldn't be doing this, bro. You suffer too. What are you doing? Um, and then Alex challenging for the pure title post-match as well. I'm on cloud nine, guys. I love Alex Coglin. He's the kindest dude. He stayed at my house when he was on excursion in the UK and he chopped me as way of payment. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I love him to bits. And a, a little scoop for the listeners of Ace Techers. Uh, it hasn't been announced, but that match is taking place May 21st in Long Beach, California. Ooh. I don't know if it's a Ring of Honor show. I don't know if it's an AEW show. I don't it's know if it's a, New it's in New Japan. It's New Japan Resurgence because that's when Osprey's was in Tadahashi. So Shibata's competing in a New Japan fucking ring. Proper, oh About shit! Five. That's a big, big, big thing. That's a big moment. Fuck. Um. So yeah, there you go. A little scoop. If you if you were thinking about getting tickets, then Gado, you should you you should be paying us. I just sold tickets, bro. Um. <laughs> But yeah, that, that's happening there. And we, we've got to wrap up talking about Jay White in AEW, uh, appearing, debuting, helping Juice Robinson and the formation of Bullet Club Gold. They're not throwing up the two sweet. They're throwing up the gun symbol. Uh, you know, Sonal, you were devastated when Jay White left. Um, you know, they can, you can still feel the heartbreak today. How are we feeling about finally? No, it's a relief to know that where Jay yeah. White is, at least, at the very least, right? It's a relief that it's not new, like WWE, but it's the thing that he has now gone to AEW as the same person that he left New Japan. And yep. we've been saying this for a month. Jay needs a rebrand. He needs something new just to go from Bullet Club and then he was kicked out of Bullet Club and then he's now back with a new Bullet Club with Juice Robinson of all people. I just wanted something... Like, he could stay a heel. I didn't mind that because obviously... Jay works as a heel. Even when he was in chaos, he was sort of like the tweener, I guess. I sort of, I wanted a change from Bullet Club. I wanted something new, not just same old shit, different place. Yeah, it is. It, the, I think as well as then what happens with Bullet Club in Japan, is there going to be a relationship? Is it just mm -hmm. they're going to treat them as two separate entities? Is there going to be some forbidden door crossover? I don't think anyone wants another fucking Bullet Club civil war. That's not really a civil war because they never paid. That, all... that is going to happen. All those stories have never had a proper payoff. It's all just kind of fucking mm -hmm. fell in the mud. Like they've, they've been disastrous at every turn. But yeah, it's just nice to know where Jay White is. It's a comfort. He's been disappeared. And yeah. I don't... SP3, you watch AEW. You, you do your Dynamite show. How do you think Jay White coming in and being his first story being with Ricky Starks, do you think that's the, the right way to bring him in? Are you a fan of it? 
I I have mixed emotions, and I'm mostly I would say I'm on the fence, and I'm on a wait and see approach with everything because putting him with Juice Robinson, it kind of defined him down when he should be like coming in and probably feuding with like the top of the card. He's feuding with you know Ricky Starks, who is someone who is also trying to push his way to the top of the card. So it's like, is the winner of this gonna be in a top position in the main event scene? That's why I'm more of like a wait and see how this develops how it pays off it seems like we're gonna get jay white versus ricky starks at double or nothing which i'm looking forward to jay white uh before you you know when you listen to this it's gonna be before dynamite is he's versing commander in his date his in-ring yes. official debut in aew and i think that's a great guy for him yeah. to be in the ring with someone who's very athletic hopefully commander does it cheese with the a button and keep doing rope walks like <laughs> faced Sammy Guevara and he's able to let Jay White shine as well but I think that's that's a good start for him and I'm just like I said I'm gonna wait and see where what they're gonna do with this but I like the promo that they had the second week where it firmly positioned that Jay White is still the leader here because some people are like oh he's playing second to Juice and I was like that is not the case no. and they firmly established that when Juice called him King Switch you're not gonna mm-hmm. you're not gonna be you're not gonna call your sidekick the king so he is the leader still. Yeah, it's. I, I'm excited to see it play out. I, I think the name is cool, Bullet Club Gold. I really like that. It, it, it doesn't sound bad by any means. Um, yeah, I'm excited for Jay White in AEW and that Commander match. I like. He's gonna Commander's gonna do some crazy, stupid, flippy shit off the top rope, and Jay White catch it in a Blade Runner, and everyone's gonna fucking lose their mind. Yes. It's gonna be awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, so. so that should do it for Ace Techers this week. I did just have a cheeky look on quick Twitter to Hiroshi Tanahashi saying he went to hospital and he's got broken rib uh, or ribs. I don't know. It could just be a translation thing, but he's got broken rib oh, at least. Man. Um, which is, is why everybody I... injured after this capital collision show. Like it's, people suspended, people injured. This is, I was going to say, know what? For the American fans, he's doing a meet and greet. He is still doing a meet and greet. Yeah. Trip. So, you know, hopefully he he it'll be a quick recovery. Hopefully he won't be off the on the bench too long. Um, but yeah, thank you for listening to Ace Techers. Once again, please give us all a follow on Twitter uh, at wrestling underscore chat for Sonor at True Heal SP3 for SP3. Uh, NK wasn't able to join us again this week at NK Preach and at Wrestling for Everything NK. Uh, and you can find me on Twitter at Kieran RH93. That was Ace Techers. We are wrestle in and now we're out.